Good job, girls. You come right down the steps right here. Come right down. There you go. Go right down this way. Right down this way. There you go. I think we'll keep them around. <laughs> Thankful for my wife working with them. It's challenging to get little children to sing in church. If you've ever tried it, it's challenging. We thank God for that. What a blessing. Now we have somebody who finished discipleship this week. Kamari, come on up here, young man. And uh, come on up here, Kamari. And uh, give him a round of applause. That's right. We thank God for Kamari. And I uh, appreciate you, my brother. 
And this is, a, this is your certificate. Uh, completing 24 weeks studying the Bible together. And he has done an excellent job memorizing the Word of God. We're excited for you. Is there anything you want to say about something that maybe spoke to you or helped you? Um, well, me doing this discipleship program, it really helped me with discipline and staying consistent with God. Because as Christians, at times we can get lazy and uh, get very complacent in our faith and what we want to do for God. So just being reminded every week in the middle of the week that I'm not just a Sunday Christian. I'm always a Christian every week, every day. Uh, it helped me to stay consistent, stay focused on God, and do his will. Amen. Amen. Thank you. One for giving a round of applause. It's great. Well, technically, he did it twice because he got about halfway through. The Roni virus hit. He came back and he said, Pastor, I want to start from the beginning again. Way to go, right? And so he studied for 24 weeks with me. He did an excellent job. And uh, during the week we've been doing that, uh, switch things up a little bit, meeting with folks, doing Bible studies. It has been great. All right. I think we're ready to go in the Bible today. You guys ready to, ready to hear some, some of God's words today? If you're ready for a sermon, would you say amen? Amen. All right. Great. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews and chapter 12. enjoyed reading in my Bible this week. I hope you have as well. Hebrews and chapter 12. It is such a gift from God, all of these precious children the Lord has sent to the church in recent days. Any of you guys remember when you were a child? Remember that? I barely remember, right? When I was a child, you know, it's a true story. When I was a child and I was about... Uh, 10 years old, I remember uh, in Maine that my dad had this little old truck, a Ford 100, sitting that had rusted, and it was just sitting there. I don't know what was wrong with it other than that it didn't run. And I remember I dreamed that one day I would be able to drive that thing. Well, when I turned 11, somebody actually stole it from the house. Um, and... Uh, and so they stole it from that, the house over at my grandpa's. And I remember as, as we moved to Georgia then, as a kid, I was like, man, I want to have a car one day, but I'll probably never be able to afford a car. So I thought I was going to buy a lawnmower <laughs> and modify it and make it into a car. I mean, that was my view and as a child of life. I thought I was going to drive a lawnmower down the road. Can you imagine, for those of you who know how lawnmowers run, trying to drive a lawnmower anywhere down these roads, right? You get run over. Uh, it's hard enough. Uh, for the Amish going in their buggies. But can you imagine driving a lawnmower down the road? I thought I was going to do it in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. I thought it... <laughs> I was quite a kid, all right? Um, we're going to look at some things. This all ties in, by the way, with the message. And uh, this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, running our race. Running the race. The Bible says in verse 1, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. 
For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. This morning as we look into God's word, I'd like us to draw our attention back to verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, he says, because of this, let us lay aside every weight. You say, who are the witnesses? I believe the witnesses are all those who's gone on before us and those who are mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11, the heroes of the faith, those who have died in the faith. By the way, the word um, here speaking of witnesses, the cloud of witnesses, it is referring to and it speaks of, by definition, someone who's died as a martyr. They've been killed for their faith. So a cloud of witnesses being those also who have been killed for their faith. And you read down through this passage... And the Bible says that some of them were even literally taken with a saw and cut apart. And that's how they suffered for the name of Jesus. He says they died for their faith. And so he says because of that we got to live differently. Now this morning I want you to imagine with me that we all are the same age. And we all are graduating in 2022. You are all aged 17 to 19, right in that age category, okay? And you're going to graduate with the class of 2022. And we're all graduating together, and we're all in the same school, and we're all the same in the same age category, okay? Just try to imagine that, okay? It's, it might be hard. Uh, it's hard for me to imagine being a teenager again, but imagine we're all teenagers, okay? We're all teenagers. Even the little kids, you guys are teenagers today, all right? So, Caleb, you're a teenager today, okay? That's pretty cool, right? You just got a 10 years added to you right there, okay? And so you're a teenager now. You guys, we're all the same age. We're all in the same school, and let's just imagine uh, we're excited and we're nervous about the next, next stage of life. We're excited. Our principal tells us he wants the entire high school to run on track, and the coach will select 10 of us to run a half marathon for the school. This is our last, last chance to do something big before we graduate from high school. Only 10 of us will be selected to run on the team. Ten of us will be selected to run and represent our school until we have to run well. Imagine the after weeks and months of training, now we are selected and there's ten that are selected. Ten of us are selected to be the runners. We're going to represent the school. I know it's hard to imagine back then, right? Even for me, going back to back when I was in high school. Okay? But as we come up to the day of the race, we're excited. Now we all show up for race day even though we're not all running. Because those 10, we want to cheer them on. We all show up. We're excited. Man, our team's going to win. Our folks are going to run. They're going to win. They've been running. They've been training hard. As a school, we've been cheering them on. But as we show up, we notice that nine of them have brought some extra stuff. They've brought boxes full of pictures from the 18 years they've been a child. Growing up, they've brought pictures and memorabilia from school, memories we had together. They have boxes, and they brought them to the race. We all kind of have weird looks on our faces. Why did they bring these boxes? There's picture albums in there. You and I are in there. We're all, remember, we're all in the same age category right now. And they brought all these pictures and memorabilia. And then we, we see that and we say, oh, wow, why did they bring that to the race? Nine of them brought all this garbage to the race. 
And another one of them brings a box full of all these trophies. And you see all those trophies in here. All these trophies from the good things that they've legitimately won. All these prizes on behalf of the school. They did such a good job. All their trophies are right in here. But they're going to carry them through the race. You'd say, what kind of a fool would do that? Right? We're sitting there going, drop the boxes, right? We want you to win. But yet they insist. And this one brings a bunch of boxes and, man, they got rotten pears in there. That really is a rotten pear. And they got rotten pears in the box. I mean, they got a bunch of leftover food, okay? They brought all this stuff just in case they need a snack. And they're going to carry these boxes. Now, would anybody in their right mind want to carry all these extra boxes? Imagine they're full, of course. Would anybody want to carry these in a race? We're standing there. One of our schoolmates decides to bring no boxes, no garbage. But the other nine embarrass the entire school by bringing all their memorabilia to the race instead of just having worked out, having prepared, and brought just their racing clothes. That's all they're supposed to bring. They brought all this garbage. That's what the apostle is picturing for us in the passage. When he says, lay aside the weights. He's saying, it's good stuff. Look, memorabilia has a good place. It's nice to have photo albums. It's nice to have memories. But who cares when you're running the race? It doesn't matter. The photo albums don't matter. By the way, all the good snacks we had in school don't matter for the race. Neither do all the prizes. The only thing that matters is the race. When you look at this passage. He says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. This morning, as we look into this passage, I want us to examine this passage carefully and think through this passage carefully uh, together. First, as we look at this passage, and by the way, speaking of spiritual weights here, first we're going to notice your weight. We all have a weight. You say, what is the weight? He's not talking about uh, physical weight. He's talking about spiritual weights. He says, lay aside every weight. May I submit to you this morning, if you're taking notes, your weight, the weights that you have in your life, it's your responsibility. It's not mine. If you see me carrying, we're going on a hike. And I decide to bring 10 backpacks to carry, that's my fault, not yours. If we're going to go to the airport and we're all going to hop on an airplane, and you decide to bring a bag that weighs 150 pounds, and you can only bring a bag that weighs 70 or 60 without getting overcharged, that's your fault for putting all that garbage in that bag. You decided to bring a bunch of rocks, okay? That's your own fault. That's my own fault for what we have in our bag. We are responsible, and when you come up to the luggage counter at the airport, they don't say to the person behind you, Hey, you're going to have to take responsibility for this. No, the person standing at the counter takes responsibility for their own bag. We take responsibility for whatever we decide to bring along with us in the race. He says, lay aside every weight. Every weight. Nobody else answers for our spiritual weights. Just like with our own body, right? Um, 
Look, you can't control my diet. I can't control yours. It is our own responsibility. I control my own eating. You control your own. Look, my wife does my shopping for our family. She sets the menu in our home. You set the menu in your home. And the same way spiritually, we're responsible for the diet that we partake. We're responsible for the weights that we let clog up our life. We're responsible for our own spiritual weights. Let's see the same Greek word in Scripture. Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7. This word weight, and this ta- it's, it's speaking of, it says, lay aside every weight. Let's look at this. Acts chapter 7. When he speaks of laying aside every weight. Acts chapter 7, verse 58. Laying aside every weight. Bible says, Acts 7, in verse 58, same word where it says lay aside. It says, and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Bible says they took off their outer garments. They took off their clothing as they were getting ready to throw rocks at Stephen. And they threw their garments at the apostle Paul's feet. Obviously, he was not yet the apostle Paul. They threw them at his feet. They literally cast those garments aside. That's what he's speaking of, casting aside the weight. He says, lay aside the weight. He says, you don't need it. Leave it. Once again, our memory's good. Our memory's good. I need help. Yes, memories are good. But if we're running the race, there comes a time where we leave behind the photo albums and run the race. Run the race. Your weight is your responsibility. Romans 13. Same word is used. Speaking of laying aside. Let's look at that. It's a verb phrase in Romans 13. Romans 13, verse 12. Lay aside. Lay aside. Romans 12, or sorry, 13, verse 12. Now, by the way, tying in with last week's message on the fruits of the Spirit being love, joy, and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith. We focused on love, joy, and faith last week. Look, if you would, in this passage in Romans 13, verse 10. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. All right. Then he goes on in verse 11. I'm reading the context. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. So he says, Jesus is coming soon. It's time to wake up. He says, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Look at this next phrase. This is the same word about casting aside. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. And let us put on the armor of light. So he says, we got to lay aside these things. Lay them aside. Put them aside. There's a lot of things that we can do in our life. But haven't you found out that priorities will kind of get you mixed up? And uh, if you want to be successful at your job, you have to lay aside certain things in order to uh, be successful. Your weight, my weight, is my responsibility. If we'll run our race well, we need to take responsibility for our choices. We need to lay aside our weights and forsake those things that are holding us back from thriving. Forsake those things that are holding us back from thriving. Secondly, this morning, so not only do we see your weight... It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Our spiritual weights that we allow to hold us down. But secondly, your sin. He goes on and says the sin that does so easily beset us. Look, 
the last thing we want to hear about in church is sin, right? We say, man, I come to church to get help and encouragement. My friend, let's just be honest, right? Our friends that are living far from God, what's holding them back from the peace of God is sin, okay? And in our lives, what holds us back from the peace of God, from the presence of God, is sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Bible says the Lord will not hear me. And so in, in verse 1 of Roman, or Hebrews chapter 12, it says to lay aside every weight. And then he goes on and says, and the sin. Notice he says, the sin. Which doth so easily beset us. You say, what could this be? Is it the same for all of us? Or is it different? Yes and yes. There are common sins that every single human being struggles with. Right? The children of Israel struggled with a common sin. Unbelief. They doubted God. They doubted the word of God. They constantly, I mean, they would see miracles and then a few minutes later, they're in unbelief. They had the very presence of the Almighty God. They saw the cloud of God, the very glory of God, and yet they were doubting God, which is pretty crazy. And we say, man, if they saw that and they doubted God, we're going to be tempted, having not seen him, to also doubt. So your sin, it could be the sin of unbelief. There are many different sins that can hold us back. And look, spiritually, we all struggle with similar sins. By the way, this will help you if you're trying to encourage somebody and get them into church. Being just willing to humble yourself and recognize you struggle with things too. Okay? If you can admit that you struggle with things. Now, by the way, there's some things that are private sins that should be confessed to God. All right? And there are some things that are public sins. But if you're willing to admit that you struggle with pride, jealousy, anger... Uh, that you struggle with gossip, that you struggle with uh, murmuring. The children of Israel did all of them, millions of them, struggle with murmuring and complaining. I mean, if you're willing to just admit, you know, I struggle with it a little bit. And willing to admit it, it'll help you when you're witnessing to others. Because we have to admit that we also struggle. Okay? If we're not willing to admit our own struggles, uh, it's going to be very hard to, to get others to come to our faith. Um, Spiritually, we struggle with similar sins, and, and either we deal with them at the cross and die to them daily, as Paul said, I die daily, or we live a life plagued by the same sins, think about this, in new relationships. The same sins in new relationships. What are some of these sins? I believe there's one particular one, but let me give you a couple. Worry. Is that a sin? Peter says, be careful for nothing. To be careful is to be worried, to be concerned, to be frustrated over. Fear. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casteth out fear. Fear is sin. By the way, the entire agenda passing right now is all about fear. This whole, this whole control, global control. What's their playing card? Their top playing card is if we get this virus, we're going to all die. Okay? That's the top card. It's fear. If you can get people to be afraid, you can control the masses. Fear. Doubt. Doubt is a sin that can easily... Look, it was sin as old as the garden. Doubt. Just to cause us to question. Now, should we search things out? Should we study things? Yes, but we shouldn't always see the glass as half empty. Okay? Doubt. 
There comes a time where we just have to have the faith. This morning in our prayer meeting, I said, you have the faith to believe God to do something. What are you believing God to do? And it was awesome. What are you believing God to do? Let's not share a prayer request this morning. Let's share what we're believing God to do. And you know what? With some tears in our eyes, some people started sharing. We started sharing some things we're believing God to do. Things we're believing God to do. See, prayer is not just coming and giving God our little uh, wish list. Lord, I want all these things. No, it's coming and we're, we're believing God for these things. We're actually believing that he's going to do it. That's, that's faith. By the way, if you come to God believing he's going to do it, and you got your heart right with God, do you think he's going to do it? Amen. He'll do it if we ask anything according to his will. He heareth us. So doubt, it's a sin, must be confessed. Contention is a sin that must be confessed. It's hard to have a good Thanksgiving or Christmas dragging unresolved memorabilia around in our lives. I would like a little bit of help. Caleb, can you help me today? Can you help me? You are a strong young man. And, and Caleb, I don't know if you've ever seen one of these things, but this is called a chain, man. All right? Now, this is what we use to pull big things like trucks and tractors, all right? But what I need you to do this morning is I'm going to have this little box right here. And we're going to take, can you get that other box right there and bring it over to me? I need your help today. Thank you so much. You're doing great. And we're going to take and we're going to try to see if we can put this all the way around here. All right? All the way around the box. Now, Caleb, I want you to grab both of those chains. And I want you to try to drag this box across the platform. Good, you did good, Caleb. Now, Caleb, we're going to need some help, all right? We're going to have to make this a little bit harder for you, okay? You're doing so good. See, what we have sometimes is we have so many memories, and we sometimes, honestly, we let other things grab these, but don't pull it yet, okay? Just pick them up, okay? We grab other things, and sometimes we let people come into our life. Now, Caleb, try to pull it. Come on, you're a strong young man. You're a strong young man. You can do it. <laughs> Travis, would you be willing to come and try to pull me? <laughs> or maybe we get, how, how about Rick? Can you, can I, Travis? Okay, we'll let Travis come up, okay? Travis, see if you can pull me, all right? Taking this weight. All right, thank you so much. Taking this weight, all right? Caleb, maybe, you're, maybe your dad can do it, okay? Can you, can you see, Ka Travis, if you can pull me? And by the way, I don't know. I've never tried this, okay? Can you just try to see? All right, don't yank it too hard, please, all right? All right? Okay, see? You just need a few more years on you right there. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Thank you so much for your help. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you. And look, you needed a few more muscles to pull it, right? Okay? Caleb, you did great. But look, guys, there's weight in our lives. And if we try to drag around all this sin and all this garbage and all these things that are besetting us, we aren't going to go far and we're not going to accomplish the will of God. And by the way, when we look at our lives as a Christian, if we struggle being a witness, there's a weight. I said if we struggle being a witness, there's a weight. If we struggle... In our prayer life, there's a weight. If we struggle in our marriage, there's a weight. If we struggle in our church, there's a weight. It could be a weight. It could be a sin. 
Whatever we're struggling with that's holding us back, my friends, it might be time, time to just take the memories to the cross today. Say, Lord, I give these things to you. I'm going to quit trying to carry them around, and I'm going to need a whole lot of cleaner because I just squished a bunch of rotten fruit. <laughs> you will remember this. All right, man. <laughs> the weights, okay? He says, seeing we're encompassed about with so great a cloud of witness, witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. He says, don't try to drag that around. Can you imagine Caleb trying to drag around all this weight to school? He's got to drag all this. Then he says, lay aside the sin that doth so easily beset us. Now, by the way, we're going to look at a few more things to lay off. And there's a whole lot in this passage to build out here. But let's look at a few other times that the word of God says we're to lay something aside, speaking of a sin. Ephesians chapter 4, if you'll join me there. I love the word of God and how it complements itself. Ephesians 4, verse 22. Ephesians 4 and verse 22 Speaking of sins that we need to put off, okay? He specifically speaks of putting these things off in Ephesians 4, verse 22. Same word, lay aside, translated put off in verse 22 of Ephesians 4. That ye put off concerning the former conversation, the, what does he say? Old man, which is corrupt according to... The deceitful lusts, and be renewed in, what does he say? The spirit of your mind. Ooh, that's good. And he says, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. And then he says, using the word putting away. He says in verse 25, wherefore, putting away. Same word as lay aside. Same Greek word. Lay aside, he says, putting away, lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are, what does he say? Members one of another. My friend, he says to put off the old lifestyle. There's things you struggled with before you became a Christian. You will still, from time to time, be tempted with them. The devil knows our weaknesses. But there comes a time, my friend, if we're going to run that race like those nine runners, we've got to decide to quit picking up the trash. Okay? It has no place in our life. As a born-again Christian, if you know Jesus Christ, your Savior, there's no business picking up all this garbage and all this memorabilia and carrying it around with us everywhere we go. It's just going to weigh us down, and we're not going to get far, and we're not going to win. He says, run to win. He says, put off these things. Put off the former conversation, so our old lifestyle to put it off. By the way, if you haven't put your faith in Christ... You put your faith in Christ where you come and you give him your entire life and say, Lord, I got all this memorabilia. Lord, I got all these memories. Lord, I got all these things that I know displease you. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I know you were buried. You rose again the third day. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I lay aside my sins. I lay them at the cross of Jesus Christ. And I, I receive Jesus Christ. I let him into my life. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. And by the way, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Another verse I'd like to read for you, it's Colossians 3.8. Colossians 3.8. But now ye also put off all these. He's talking to believers. He says, put off all these. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Filthy communication 
out of your mouth. By the way, Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of those around him. We are growing up and living in Sodom right now, okay? And we've got to, in our hearts, not let the contaminants flow through our life. I was contacting somebody uh, online. This guy had something for sale, and I wanted to buy it, and I contacted him, sent him a message. And it was broken, and he sent me the pictures, and I just said, well, I said, is that how much you want for that broken item? That's exactly what I said. To which he began to, in a text, I do not even know him, laced words. I was like, he's trying to sell, sell something. But his reply was all these laced words. And I was just like, wow, wow. Filthy conversation, right? And it's so commonplace. When you would think the gentleman would want to sell his item, he would probably have the wisdom to not use profanity uh, when he's contacting somebody for the first time. But uh, he said, oh, yeah, it's a broken item. And I said, that's how much you want for that broken item. And he said, it's not broken. It's like he just said it was broken. It's not broken. And then it was a bunch of profanity. Okay? It's very easy. We live in a filthy society to get corrupted by it. Don't let it come in your heart. Confess it. Confess it. James 1, 21 says, James 1, 21. Let's look at that. We're in Hebrews is where we've been. Let's look in James right after Hebrews. James 1.21. The Bible speaks of what we are to do, how we are to live. Knowing Christ, how we are to live. If you don't know Christ, you can't do this in your own strength. He says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I love that old King James word right there, superfluity of naughtiness. And by the way, if any of you can't figure out what that is, superfluity of naughtiness. I mean... Anything that has to do with it, all right? Anything that has to do with it. Superfluity of naughtiness. He says, and receive uh, with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to, what does he say? Save your souls. So he says, lay apart. He says, don't get the chain of sin and go get trapped back in it. Too often in life, and by the way, as a pastor, I try to minister to lots of people. And a lot of people, my friend, are carrying around chains like this their entire life, dragging a chain. Chain of doubt, chain of worry, chain of unbelief. And we're going to get to the besetting one in just a second. And there's these chains people are pulling along in life. And you know, it's so painful to see somebody dragging the, the chain through life. And I'm like, just let it go. Let it go. Lay it down at the cross. Lay aside the sin. 1 Peter 2, verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and all hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings. He says lay aside hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when we have expectations of others that we don't live up to ourselves. Okay? It's where we say, those Christians, that leader needs to do this, but I'm not going to do it. This, uh, this person needs to do that, but I'm not going to do it. That, they are in that situation, that position, whatever. So they need to do it, but I don't have to do it. They need to give account to God. I don't have to give account to God. It's this double-mindedness, this double-living. It's hypocrisy. He says, and envy, so being jealous, and all evil speakings. The Bible says, the hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor. So what is the solution? The solution is it's time to come and admit we've been dragging the garbage around with us through life. Confess it's wrong and let the Lord cleanse our hearts. 
If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Bible says the Lord will not hear me. But then David said in Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. You say, what's the path? Man, if we've got a chain we're dragging around, drop it. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, wash me. Lord, forgive me. And he promises if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is in 1 John 1 in verse 9. Now, as we, as we think about this thought in the passage here of laying aside our sins, I want you to notice one other thing in the passage. Hebrews chapter 12. He says, laying aside... The sin, in verse 1, which doth so easily beset us. Easily beset us. What easily besets us? Hmm, think about it. What easily besets us? I submit to you. I believe this now. You say, did the Lord tell you? Do you know for sure? He said there's a sin that besets us. In the text, there's one specific one listed that we keep picking up. It's related to all these memories. It's the opposite of love. It's the opposite of joy. It's kind of like this right here. Last few weeks, we've been seeing good fruit, and it's these rotten pears. Bitterness. Does anybody want to eat a rotten pear? It's so nasty, it's like fermented, okay? It's disgusting. Who wants that? He says later on in the passage, verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. He says God's giving grace out abundantly. You say, where is grace? Where is grace in all this? You say, we got these sins, we have to lay them aside. Where is grace? Grace is right here in the passage. He says, you can fail, I can fail the grace of God. So it's my sin, it's my way, it's your sin, it's your weight that can cause us to fail. Look, lest any root of, what does he say? Bitterness. Springing up in you, he says, trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. He says, this root can grow. And it can contaminate. He says, confess it. You say, what's the sin that so easily besets us? Taking up a grudge for somebody else. You heard the song, The Rumor Mill, okay? Taking up a grudge for somebody else all because we heard a rumor, okay? And we pick that thing up, and we hold that grudge, and we take it as our own. And we say, I think they hurt my friend Susie or Sally or whoever. And so I'm going to hold a grudge against them. If I see them in the store, I'm not going to talk to them. And we walk around through life like this. And by the way, once you get five or six people like this in your life that you refuse, when you see them, you can't smile at them, you can't look at them. It's rough to live. Because you walk in, by the way, we're in a small town. <laughs> if you decide to carry that kind of garbage around, it's going to be like, uh-oh, there they are, running down the aisle the other way. Um, it's so sad seeing people do that in church. It's like, oh, please, friend, don't do that. That's a sin. Lay aside the sin that does. Oh, but I think they might have hurt my friend. So I'm going to hold on to it and nurse it for a while and see what happens. I'll tell you what will happen. The thing's going to grow. You're going to get a chain wrapped around your soul, and you're going to be dragging around a root of bitterness, and it will contaminate the family. It will contaminate everything. 
Don't let the chains of bitterness drag you down. Our sin must be confessed. He says, lest any root spring up. So he says, we're compassed about with all these witnesses that ran on through faith. And by the way, Moses, he could have had bitterness at his parents. Because technically, his parents kind of had to abandon him. It was either murder him or abandon him. They threw him in a boat. Can you imagine that, Levi? If you found out that your dad had tossed you in a little basket and thrown you in the bay up there. And then somebody came along and found you and pulled you out. Wouldn't you be a little bitter? They tossed me in the water. Now, by the way, they were supposed to toss you in and drown. Drown the child if it was a boy. But they had spared his life by throwing him in a little boat. Can you imagine the rejection that he would have felt? Now, his mother did nurse him and raise him for a while there for Pharaoh's daughter. But he grew up in a strange home. He grew up among strangers. And then when he turns to be 40 years old, he rejects everything of Egypt. He rejects all the blessings he could have got from Pharaoh. And he goes and follows the people of faith. I mean, the guy dealt with a lot of suffering. And he could have had everything. And then he goes on and leads the people of God through the wilderness, and they do nothing but murmur and complain about Moses the entire time. Think about it. You wonder if Moses in the back of his mind was thinking, you guys realize I could be a king right now, but I decided to lead a bunch of complaining rebels. That's what he did. He, he literally decides to lead a bunch of complaining rebels so that he could please God. Don't you think he struggled with a little bit of bitterness every once in a while? Must I fetch water for ye rebels? Right? I mean, he said that. Next thing you know, he strikes the rock twice out of anger. And because of that, the people of God had provoked him. Now God says you can't go in the promised land. Moses left it all to follow God. And yet he was not able to even go into the promised land himself. Because of his sin of rejecting what God had told him to do. See, even these prophets of old struggled with things. But my friend, the people of God struggled with things too. The sin. Now let's look at the last part here, because he says, let us run with patience the race. He speaks of the race, your race. By the way, the race that you run, Kamari, the race that you run, Stephen, the race that you each run is your own responsibility to run. You run it. Now I give account for having challenged you to run it. But if you decide to do your own thing, obviously, that's between you and the Lord. But let us run, he says, with patience the race that is set before us. Looking to our friends. What does he say? I'll tell you, man, where people are looking. Looking to their friends. You look to your friends, the arm of flesh, the Bible says, will fail you. Looking unto Jesus. Why do we struggle so much in Christianity today? We get wrapped up in this plethora of people idolizing and following. Instead of following Jesus, and instead of following those who's helping us follow Jesus, we do our own thing. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, I want you to notice what Jesus did. When Jesus came and died on the cross for our sins, the Bible says in John 3.16 that he displayed one word, L-O-V-E. What did he display? 
All right. So Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, Hebrews says, he's the finisher of our faith. Notice that. Who for the joy that was set before him. You don't notice something studying the word of God and even maybe hearing a sermon like you will as if you study it out to prepare to teach people. Because there's some things that pop out to my mind and I don't know if somebody's ever taught them to me or not. Because honestly, it's like the Lord opens and illuminates my mind and I say, wow, I see it. Jesus out of love gives his life for us. He's the finisher of our faith. He does it for joy. Love, joy, faith, together. Get it? All right? Ties right in with the last few weeks. I'm not having to stretch the scripture. It's right there. Okay? It's right there in the text. Jesus does it out of love. But he's the one who completes our faith. He does it for joy. You say he goes and suffers for joy. See, and that's the thing. Suffering is God's plan to bring about joy. I'm enjoying an excellent book that I'm reading on the wasted life. An excellent book. I look forward to sharing more of that in the weeks to come. Despising the shame, it is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So my friend, we've got weights that can hold us back. We've got sins that can hold us back. And we've got to decide if we're going to pick those things, keep picking those things up and keep dragging those weights around. My friend, if you keep dragging those weights around, somebody is going to notice. And you're going to notice after a while because you're going to get tired. You're going to say, why is that other person getting to lead somebody to Christ and I can't? Nobody wants my faith, but they want to, you're dragging a weight, man. And everybody sees the weight except for us. It's called a blind spot. Okay? Just like when you're driving down the road in the car, there's that little spot that you can't see. And now they've got the little light on the side and our mirror to help us. Okay? It picks up road signs, too. And here you go. They've got this little light there that's supposed to help us as we drive along down the road. But it's to illuminate our blind spot. We all have blind spots. We have places we can't see. Would you ask the Lord to show you if you've got a chain hanging off of that blind spot in your life today? Something you're dragging around. Whatever it is, a memorabilia. I don't know what it is for you. Is it some bitterness? What is it? But you're dragging it around, my friend. And just like Caleb a minute ago, eventually you can't carry it any longer. That's when people go through emotional breakdowns. That's when people leave the faith. That's when people uh, do drastic changes in their life that are not outside of the will of God. Laying aside the weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Indeed, the love of God compelled him to run the race for our sakes. He became sin for us. He died to free us from the bondage of sin. So we have no business wasting our lives dragging around stuff that Jesus came to set us free from. Think about that. I mean, <laughs> if the Son of Man shall make you free, Jesus says, you shall be free indeed while you're tearing around the chains. Simple invitation this morning. If you're willing to come lay some chain aside, some weight, some sin, whatever it is, God knows. You're willing to just say, you know what, I'm going to come lay it down today. I'm going to come lay it down as the piano plays in just a moment. You'll have an opportunity to just come and maybe you just need to take that weight. By the way, I help maintain this place so I can do this, okay? And maybe you just need to take that weight and you need to throw it down. You need to drop it. You need to leave it. Maybe this morning you just come and say, Lord Jesus, I give you the weight. I give you 
this thing, whatever it is, I give it to you. I'm going to quit carrying it and dragging it around. I'm going to give it to Jesus, the author and finisher of my faith. I want to run the race following Jesus Christ. And my friend, if you've not yet put your faith in Christ, you might need to give down the weight that's holding you back. The fact you're trying to live life on your own and trying to get to heaven on your own. You just come and say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. You were buried, you rose again. I put my faith in Christ. I'm going to lay down my weights. I'm going to lay down my sin. And I'm going to follow my Savior. And today, if that's what you want to do, you're welcome to do that as well. Let's stand for invitation this morning. We're going to have time right now to respond to the Lord. We thank each of you who watched by, watched by way of live stream. We'll close out the live stream at this time. Thank you for watching today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for your word and your goodness to us. And we ask that you would help each of us to walk in newness of life. For those who have not yet been saved, to get saved. For those, Lord, who are saved but are dragging something behind, Lord, that you would help us to lay it down that we might run with patience the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Help us today. We need help, Lord. Our neighborhood, our community needs us to follow you in faith. We're believing you to do that. We're believing you to work. With every head bowed and every eye closed, the Lord spoke to you this morning about something. You say, you know what? I just want to give it to the Lord. It might, my friend, just be a memory that only you and God know about. But you want to give it to Jesus. Lord, would you wash me? Lord, would you cleanse me? And you want to do that today? You just come forward, would you? And would you come forward and would you, would you kneel? Would you pray? And would you give that weight to the Lord Jesus? As the piano is playing, would you step out from where you're at? And would you come forward? And would you give the burden to the Lord? If you're not able to come forward, would you maybe right there in your seat bow down before the Lord and give the burden to Jesus? Give the burden to Jesus. Any of you with a weight, any with a weight, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, Jesus said, and I will give you rest. Cast our burdens upon the Lord, and He shall sustain you. time worshiping the Lord together today and we've had um, we've heard testimony of Jean Mark and Joan Martin how they put their faith in Christ we've met with them in their home and they want to join our, our church officially by membership today and so I need a motion that we receive them into fellowship made by Stephen I need a second uh, made by John all in favor say amen. Amen. amen amen welcome to 
the family of God. Welcome to this church. We thank God for sending them along to be a blessing and help to the church here. Uh, friends, don't forget, men's prayer advance. I know some of you, you're just coming in. You may not have heard that. We've been out for a couple weeks. Men's prayer advance is coming up January the 27th. If you'd like to go with us, it's down in Virginia. If you're interested in it, grab a form. And this afternoon in our Bible study, I want everybody that's interested in going to go ahead and fill out that form. And you don't have to turn in the money today, but you do need to uh, let me know that you're planning on attending. And we'll send the check off on behalf of the, uh, all of you this week. Those of you who would like to contribute towards it, just designate on the offering envelope that you're contributing towards the men's prayer advance. And it will be designated to help uh, offset the costs for the traveling and for um, the younger folks that are going. We want to cover their cost uh, completely. So that will be the men's prayer advance coming up. If you're interested in that, forms in the back. Don't forget all the announcements you saw. Ladies, to this week at 4 p.m. Great Bible study together. Looking forward to that. And then uh, our prayer meeting each Sunday. And, and parents, don't forget, bring your kids out at 10 uh, so that we can practice and prepare. Next week, I believe, we're going to practice up here. And so next week, the kids will practice up here. We'll do our prayer meeting downstairs next week, okay? And so prayer meeting downstairs, kids will be up here practicing and preparing for the following week, the, uh, the 12th. So that's everything uh, for that. I do need just a brief uh, after church, maybe five minutes, in about five minutes or so. I just need all the members down front real quick. We need to make a quick uh, vote on something and take care of something. You can help me with that uh, real quick. And so that would be great. So if you're a member here, just go ahead and come down front at the end just for a minute. Well, we need to have one. Uh, we need to just have minutes to record that uh, vote. So, all right. We'll visit around for a few minutes. God bless each of you. Thank you for being here with us today.